Hello everyone and welcome to Brands Tech. This episode will begin in just one moment, so please stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Brands Tech. I hope that everyone's been doing well. So movie theaters have really changed over the past, you know, few few years, but especially over this one, this past year, especially because of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. And so with that being said, you know, there's just been so much that has been changing going on. Enough where I actually just discussed this on a discussions episode um, with Zachary not too long ago. But today I'm joined today by my guest, Carl. Thank you for being here. So glad to have you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me once again. Yeah, absolutely. And so just as telling them, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I released the episode all about, you know, the fate of movie theaters. And, you know, as soon as that episode released, like everything changed, like all these companies started putting out announcements and you know, Marvel changed the date to the Black Widow movie, which I just mentioned in the episode. I think the date changed like the day afterwards or two days afterwards. So a lot has happened within the past several weeks. So it's, you know, it's interesting that so much has been happening. But but for those um, who are listening, you know, we were actually just discussing movies right before the Spycast episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were discussing movies. I didn't know actually about the Black Widow thing until you just said it. And I looked it up. It sucks. It got delayed. But yeah, we were talking about movies and just the way that everything's moving towards. Um, this is being recorded the day after the Oscars. And um, Brandon here just watched Soul. And I, I actually have yet to see it, but he's, he's telling me it's, it's really good. And I've heard from multiple people. It's incredible. I know last, well, the day before yesterday. So I, I want to say what saturday saturday i went to go see um nobody in theaters which is an incredible movie and then just yesterday i watched uh, mortal kombat which also incredible wow and so hopefully your you know, experience with those movies were well about any spoilers um yes although they're not for uh people with with light stomachs oh well <laughs> i, I well, i don't have any intentions of necessarily seeing those movies anytime soon that that's good to note for <laughs> for those listening but but yeah so movies have really you know begun to change and definitely shift and so yeah i'm interested in first before i go into talk discussing a little bit about recent announcements what are your current thoughts about how movies are as in today both right before the pandemic and now during the pandemic because i'm well, kind of curious okay so before the pandemic we didn't really have a lot of big movies just because of when it was happening right most of the time, your your big blockbuster movie is going to be during the summer. I, I know that personally, I was kind of I hadn't gone to the movie theaters for for a while, but I think we discussed this a while ago. It, it may have been on a podcast, may have not been. I want to say three or four months ago, where it was we talked about how the uh, the big thing was that they decided to push everything to HBO Max. I think one or two studios decided to push some of their big movies to HBO Max. And that was that was a big move that everybody got upset about, actually. Except the, pe- the people loved it, but all the big wigs, they weren't exactly happy about it. I think that seeing this, though, it, it's, it's interesting because 
if companies can kind of collapse on that and continue to have those exclusive movies on the streaming services, then they're going to be getting a lot more uh, revenue through those services, right? So a good example is like Godzilla vs. Kong. Everybody got the free trial to watch that, or everybody got the free trial to watch Mortal Kombat, or everybody's going to get the free trial to watch like Dune or something like that. And having it, having it spaced out about every month for a big blockbuster movie is definitely an interesting strategy and I think it'll work, but I don't know if the longevity of movies in general will support that. Yeah, that's interesting to note too. And in terms of the studio, those are most likely the ones owned by AT&T. So primarily like Warner Media ones. So like Warner Brothers movies. Yep. And I think New Line Cinema is on there. And you know, ones of those nature that's that's owned. So really, you know, as you said, it's really keeping it all in-house. They don't really have to share their, you know, their revenue with any outside you know, third-party companies such as like, you know, the movie feeders and whatnot. So, you know, it does definitely benefit them. But in terms of, you know, people really going out to theaters, you know, most people, you know, depending on how, how big a movie is, a lot of big moviegoers probably go several times over and they might have like large people, you know, large amount of people with them. And, mm-hmm. and so you're not necessarily getting as much. So it really depends on who the mo- moviegoer is. Some people that they might make more off of some less because you also have to keep in mind that that too that while yes it's going directly to you know whoever the company is and most likely they probably own the stream streaming service but yeah it's almost also where you know for example if yeah if all my family watch you know watch a movie together it's one payment as opposed to you know payments for each ticket and that's assuming that oh sorry yeah, that, that, that's one thing that my my family doesn't really go to movie theaters, or if we do, it's usually like the dollar cinema where like the movie's been out for a month or two, and it's kind of it's it's really gone past its its true apex of uh, uh, what profit. So it, it's they get pushed to like second market theaters, and it's a lot cheaper. I know for, I had the choice to either go to um, a place called Venue Cinemas or place called the Alamo Draft House to go see these movies and because because there's not exactly a lot of movies a lot of movie theaters open and there aren't a lot of people going to see movies there were very stark differences between the two Alamo Draft House is more of an exclusive establishment that's more expensive and you get to get food and you have like nice reclining chairs and all and each ticket costs like 11 bucks right but I had I could either go to that or I could go to the venue cinemas which is a locally owned um like second hand theater so and each ticket is like two or three dollars right so I, I think in this case it's just they're just trying to stay open and it's good that they're still pushing out movies to keep stuff open because considering the fact that most people well not most but a lot of people have the vaccine already or have already gotten their first shot for it um but yeah i'm not it's a weird move and i'm not too sure how how it's going to pan out like i said because you know you're upsetting not only you're, you're making the people happy right but the studios especially, um, they're, they used to have a ton of agreements with, with movie theater chains that, hey, you know, you'll get our movies for so long and then we can pass them to third party theaters or, hey, you get to get our movies and then like we have exclusive rights for them for like, what, two or three months. But now that's not really happening anymore. And instead it's moving towards breaking those contracts and then just going to all streaming, which really decimated the uh, movie theater market. And I know 
it really upset a lot of people who were um, in the filmmaking business. Dune, for example, is a really, really big one. They were the director and some of the actors were really, really upset because most of the time they're going to get like a piece of the pie, right, from the total funds that they make. And in this case, they didn't. They, they, the uh, the people owning it. I think Warner Media. They decided, nah, we'll put it on streaming. So then, in a sense, they got cut out of a couple million bucks a pop, probably. Yeah, and yeah, you know, and I guess now would be a good time to go ahead and, you know, definitely mention some of the more recent announcements. And so, in terms of Warner Media, because I know that was one that you're discussing a bit, and you know, they're the ones who own, like I said, Warner Brothers and HBO Max and all of them. So they actually made an announcement, I believe, like early April, I believe. And one of the things they said is that while, yes, they will continue with their 2021 agreement that everything will release both on HBO Max without any extra costs and theaters at the same time, that will change beginning in 2022. And so, and so beginning with that, for their blockbuster films, it will remain exclusive for two theaters for about 45 days prior to it going to HBO Max. Yeah, that's I think that's probably their best their best bet, right? Cuz with the entire movement away from physical media, you're moving towards more of a streaming all online. And w- with doing that, people are going to be able to pay their subscription fee and still get access to to things, right? I think the the only real comparison I can make is like what is it? Like F- the FX channels and HBO channels, and there's a couple more channels that are on like regular satellite TV that, that are similar to that. You know, they just they get the licenses for the movies after a while. And I think this is probably the best move because it's still that 45 days of exclusivity for the theaters, but then it moves towards kind of uh, in-home releases, which is I think that's probably the best move. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the things that, you know, as I mentioned, I just did a episode not too long ago for discussions. And one of the things me and Zachary were discussing in that were that, you know, it was almost like trying to figure out, you know, really what what would really both benefit the companies and the consumers at home. And so I think this would be a really great you know, opportunity because it definitely will bring it home a lot quicker than it used to because I believe normally at least in terms of warner that it originally was about 90 days or so that it was exclusive to theaters i don't know about other studios but at least know for warner it was about 90 days give or take but mm-hmm. but you know but it definitely cuts that in a half give or t- um yeah that really cuts it in half and then also you know it still lets theaters have their chance to shine to still be able to make you know these big blockbuster hits and really be able to you know, get the revenue they were still, they were able to get, but, you know, but it still also benefits those who may not have time to, you know, really go to a theater, like for people who work at home and, you know, they might not have free time until, you know, maybe like one in the morning or something. And, you know, you're probably not going to go to a theater at that late time. And so I think this will definitely work to benefit, you know, more parties involved as opposed to how it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, I, I think it's the best choice for all worlds because then the people who the directors and the actors are still going to get a piece of the pie won't be at it, it, it and it'll probably as, be as big as it normally would be, right? It, or it will at least grow. Currently, probably not, but 
in 2022 it, it should be back to normal levels and that'll be that'll be good yeah it, it's the best of both worlds yeah absolutely i definitely agree with that and and then while we don't know about disney as we mentioned before the black widow movie was supposed to come out yeah in may of 2020 at first and then got moved and shuffled a couple times and then before landing in May of 2021, by the time this is released, it's probably would have been around this time. And, but now it has been moved to July 9th of 2021. And so, mm-hmm. and with that, it will also release with Disney Plus with premiere access at that time. So that is 30 additional dollars onto the traditional Disney Plus fee. I will, from what I understand, I believe you cannot do it under the free trial from my understanding, but. Yeah, it's the same, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, never mind. The, the the that premium pass thing. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> it, it it's I understand why they do it, but it's kind of not the best. Just in yeah. general, where, where you pay you pay the extra twenty or thirty bucks to be able to watch the movie like a month earlier, the month it actually comes out. So in a sense, you're still going to get instead of having to go through a third party to watch the film, they get the full thirty bucks. Yeah, that's true. But I think a part of, you know, doing the premiere access, though, yeah, at least from seeing it from their point of view, is that, you know, for the most part, you know, a lot of Disney films, especially the ones that are supposed to come out this year, are a lot of the ones that have have had a lot of money put into it. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, and if they were to just do theater exclusive right now, you know, because of the pandemic, while they might still get quite a bit of people, especially like for like a Marvel movie. Those have always been like very high on the on the market. But you know, in terms of you know, safety and everything, especially like over earlier this year and into 2020, you know, they probably wouldn't have really gotten much out of you know any of those movies enough to at least try to fund future movies. And so you know with this at least they're able to, you know, get some of their their movies back in in that regards. But also a lot of people tend to watch you know, watch them together, like, you know, especially since they own companies such as Pixar, you're most likely going to go view that with a family, but you're not going to pay numerous times for a Disney Plus release. You're just going to pay once. And so even though, yes, I I definitely agree that $30 in addition to Disney Plus's fee is rather steep. I can, I can understand why Disney positions it like that as unfortunate for us as it is, but I at least like that there is the option to watch it at home at least for the at least for right now somehow. oh no yeah it, it's definitely it's a it's a good marketing move and if it, it allows people to see the film without having to really leave their house <clears throat> but locking behind that paywall in addition to having the paywall of getting into disney plus is a little bit a little frustrating in my opinion but i understand why they're doing it yeah definitely and i think one of the reasons that you know competitors such as for hbo max the reason they do not do that is simply because like for hbo max theirs is 15 dollars a month which yeah it's the same price as regular traditional hbo but you know for the most part hbo is rather a steeper more premium service and so you're already expected to pay extra when you're using the hbo brand and so, and I think that's also part of the reason why, you know, really that, you know, HBO in comparison to a lot of the starters for other competing streaming services is a lot higher in price. And so for them, yeah, it doesn't really, you know, seem worth it for them to just up it too when theirs already is the steepest. Cause then, cause yeah, if you were to add something onto, for example, HBO, HBO Max is $15. 
I mean, that's a lot of money right there. So. Yeah, I, I think I think you have a really good point because eventually it boils down to what they have available on their service, right? So Netflix has been around for the longest time, and they had and have and had a ton of licenses, so they already have a ton of library, right? And even then, if you don't think you have something on Netflix, pop up a VPN and go to some foreign country, and most likely, likely it'll be there. But something like Disney, while they have a very large library they have a very limited amount on their streaming service and it's a very very niche streaming service in terms of like content for specific ages i believe like it's mostly targeted towards children as opposed to netflix which has things from everybody for everybody right so netflix can charge a slightly higher price disney can't really charge it as high but then they're making up for these extra films these new films coming out by charging that little itty bitty fee yeah and actually i'd argue more so that as opposed to aiming towards children i'd i'd say disney plus is more so aimed towards like family as a whole and not necessarily yeah, just sure. children, but yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree i just think because when i think disney i think uh, like cartoons and i think pixar films that, you, yeah you're right there uh, i think it's more it's more family as opposed to netflix which is kind of there's something for everybody on there i would say yeah yeah and then like for disney of course you also have like yeah, the Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies, and you know, all of these other major yeah, franchises. But yeah, as you said, that's not really, I mean, yes, they're owned by Disney and they're on Disney Plus. But yeah, it's like when you think of Disney at first, you're right. Like you think of like the family friendly stuff, the Pixar stuff, and you know, mm -hmm. it really comes down to like brand recognition, really. But, but yeah, but I think, I'm not sure if you heard of the recent sony deal that recently went in terms of you know theaters and how it's going to work so beginning in well before i get into what they are going to do i believe i heard was this about like two or three weeks ago uh, this was actually a two-parter i believe oh. it was split over two announcements because it's sort of where the two announcements they work together but they're also separate announcements <laughs> it's in the interesting way that is and so pre-pan, well, pre-2022, you know, Sony has always had to deal with the company Stars. And so, well, in terms of the Stars premium brand, they're a competitor to HBO um, in terms of that. But a lot of times Sony movies will go to Stars for premium mm -hmm. streaming. Yeah, you know, not too long after the theater, maybe like nine months or so after, which while that may seem a long, like a long time, that's really not that long in terms of... Yeah, act in actuality, really, you know, because uh, theoretically it's the same, it's within the year time frame. So that's rather close. Mm -hmm. But but their their first deal that they announced is that is that for starting in 2022 with their films, that Sony movies will be going to Netflix beginning at the nine month mark going forward. I believe 2022 to 2026, I believe. That, yeah, that's the part I remember hearing about. And I remember thinking that was the real, that was going to cause a lot of issues for a lot of companies. Because Sony makes some, some pretty big wig names in terms of films. And I'm, I'm interested to see what that happens. It means one, I get movies on Netflix that are new, awesome. And then two, it, it's gonna hurt HBO Max and Disney a little more. Yeah, and before I get into part two, because I think I think you might be interested in part two if you haven't already heard it. But you know, but what's interesting about the Netflix deal is, well, first of all, Sony already has had a deal with Netflix over the past several years. And in terms of what happens with Stars, I'm not completely sure. I'm I'm assuming it seems like it's replacing it, but I'm not completely sure on that. 
uh, I know there's been a little bit of confusion online about that, but but I know that in terms of the Netflix deal, that Sony will also make direct to Netflix content as well going forward. And so, you know, there might be whether it's you know new television content or new movie content that it just might be made for Netflix first, and so they can just say, "Hey, Netflix, how how's this for idea?" And they might go for it. And so, some few. Future projects that might be smaller might actually go to Netflix first, or maybe it might, you know, do one where it's together as opposed to just, you know, just theaters first or stars first. So, mm-hmm. so I think that's definitely interesting. And I know that Sony has actually been working for the past year or so on potentially making some Spider-Man related content. And so I know that really shook up some stuff in terms of what people were. Yeah, expecting really. Yeah, I'm interested. I, I doubt they're gonna Disney's gonna let their Spider-Man uh, IP go over onto Netflix without some sort of deal. But I, I'm not too sure what the legality is there. Well, Sony actually owns at least the film rights. I think we're. It's not completely clear as to who, who owns the television rights, but in terms of movie rights, Sony owns complete rights to that. So. Oh. Even though it's a Marvel character. Yeah, they sold... So essentially, Marvel, long story short, they sold off a ton of properties back in the 1990s when they were going bankrupt. And so Sony is the current owner of Spider-Man franchise, so for film. But yeah, but that takes me right into part two of the announcements, which is that I think less than two weeks after the Netflix announcement, they announced that Sony and Disney are also partnering. And so, and so as I mentioned before... Nine months after, you know, Sony, um, Sony content's done in the theater, it will arrive at Netflix. Netflix, you know, tends to vary as to, you know, how long they keep their window open in terms of new content. It may be, you know, a couple months, it may be up to two years, give or take, depending on what it is. But the new deal with Disney is that after it's done with Netflix, is that some content will arrive on Disney+. Plus. Oh? Yeah. They're playing both sides of the aisle, man. Yeah, I think that was probably the most interesting part of the announcement that I heard. And so I believe this, I could be wrong, even though this begins in 2022, I do believe that it will include the Spider-Man movies, um, the MCU ones at least, in terms of, you know, moving those to Disney+. And not only that, but I'm going to actually backtrack. It's not just Disney Plus. It's actually all Disney properties. So that will include ABC, FX, and several other different Disney platforms, even Hulu. Yeah, I don't. I think that's a interesting. So it's it's nine months. We have to wait for things from Sony for nine months. We have to wait for nine months for them to come to Netflix, right? Yes. And then they go after that, depending on the window. Then it's going to go to Disney's streaming service. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's a streaming service or cable service, whatever, it'll go to Disney stuff depending on the content. I think, yeah, I think Disney might pick and choose like what content it, it might or might not want. But for the most part, yeah, it would end up with you know Disney's services somewhere. Huh. And that's also until 2026, which is the same duration as the Netflix one too. That's huh. Okay. I I don't know what to say. That that that's that'll be interesting to see what happens, and hopefully they'll have some sort of exclusives. But that kind of is the the fact that it's going to go to uh, Disney Plus afterwards kind of makes it a little upsetting. Yeah, and you know it's it's really interesting to see how that plays out. Really, especially considering that they're partnering with two competing streaming services who are like at war with each other. So I mean, 
I'm not completely sure of how that's going to play out, especially like considering how I mentioned before, like with various different, you know, television content that Sony might produce or other content, like which service would they make it for? We're not completely sure yet. It seemed like it would aim towards Netflix, but we don't even quite know those details yet. But yeah, I, yeah. But I think Netflix has always been some a company I had been keeping my eyes on just because they were probably the only like major, major studio to not own a streaming service themselves. And so, and I didn't really see stars launching a streaming service anytime soon, like a stars plus stars max or whatever. So it's interesting to see how that goes forward. And I know earlier you mentioned this, the cable channel FX. And so a lot of companies have actually cut ties with FX because they're owned by Disney now. Mm -hmm. And so a part of the Sony deal is that Sony content will replace some of that content on FX now. Okay. All right. That's uh, I, huh. Okay. Yeah, this has been an interesting discussion. I think that seeing what happens as time will tell what really happens, right? And how, how it will affect the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'm just really interested to see how this really plays out because yeah, as we said, this is really almost a content war at this point, you know, in terms yeah. of who has whose intellectual property. And so I know like companies such as Netflix has a combination of all of the above and in other in other services and so i know a lot of them are starting to go back to you know their original companies in terms of yeah license sharing and whatnot but this should be an interesting time over this next year to really see what becomes of present day theaters and streaming services as a whole with everything going back to in person and then also going towards more streaming services it's it'll be interesting because they have the all these these big studios have the potential to just crush movie theater markets if they wanted to but they've always had kind of a win-win situation right so i I don't know yeah we'll see but once again thank you so much carl for being here truly appreciate it as always absolutely thank you for having me i look forward to our next discussion absolutely have a wonderful day everyone stay safe stay well and i'll talk to y'all later